everybody, and welcome back to the Lunatics Radio Hour podcast. We appreciate you sticking with us this long. Today, I'm super excited because I have, oh my gosh, a longtime collaborator and friend and someone who I have so much in common with, specifically around spooky and horror content. Um, so I'm super excited that Sarah Luke is here today. Hello. I'm Hi. very glad to be here. Oh my gosh, we're so excited that you're here. <laughs> um, and Alan is here as per usual. Hello. <laughs> um, Sarah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not of only course. for being here, but for everything that you've done for Lunatics. Thank you for having me. Oh, I, my gosh. I always tell you, like, I've been really blocked with my own creating, so it's been a huge help to create with someone who's not blocked. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that's how I read, but yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, so if you want to check Sarah out and some Lunatics stuff, she is a model in like almost everything that I post on Instagram and in the magazine. But um, she also is in a ton of the films. Mm-hmm. So she's in, uh, what's it called? The online dating one? Just another online date. Yes. That was the first time we ever met. Yeah, it was. We have mutual friends. That's how we connected. Um, and I'm so grateful to Aaron and Joel for that. So am I. Um, and you were in... Uh, Starting a cult. Mm-hmm. What's it called? I started a cult. I'm, I I'm starting I'm a starting cult. A cult. <laughs> I can't remember any of the titles of my own it's, I'm starting a cult. I'm starting a cult. Um, you're about to be in a film that's actually going to be released mid-December called Lipstick. Mm-hmm. We screened it this year, um, which is a very, very trippy, weird film. Yeah. Um, what else? Am I going to say one? Uh, the Vampire. The Dance <gasps> one. The Vampire one. And yeah. she's in Love Bites. Yes. So check out any of those films on our YouTube channel, Films About Lunatics, uh, to see her. What happened to the second cult movie? Uh, I wrote it. Oh, we didn't make it? I've written three of them. I've, so I have two more waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm I, ready. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, this is how I feel. I feel like I tap into Sarah's resources a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think at the time we were doing that and maybe like something else. And I felt like it wasn't one I wanted to like put on you yeah. until it felt good enough. Right. Because I like... I ask you so much, you know, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to like put another thing on your plate until it was like ready. Yeah. And it, it still just doesn't feel right. Like I need to go back and revisit the script and like, you know, make it, make it better. I'm here. What's I mean, the second I'll one be called? Around. This, it was called, so the first one's I'm starting a cult. The second one was I started a cult and the third one is called Cult Wars. Cult Wars. <laughs> that's right. Because of Alan's idea. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So maybe that's something we can get into in 2020 if we feel re-inspired. Yes. It's the year. I have the scripts. I just think they're like mediocre. Fantastic. They need to be punched up, I think. Or maybe they're fine. We can revisit them. We can punch <laughs> Yeah, we can punch them up. But anyway, so Sarah and I have, um, I think, lots in common. But one of the first things that brought us together was true crime. Yes. We both love the podcast, My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that and like our shared love of horror are things that made us feel connected. Yes. And like... Um, kardashians and like oh my God, pop yeah. culture stuff too. i just love <laughs> that yeah that we both have this like really intense appreciation for like the fine cinema and stuff but that we have so much fun too with like yes. reality tv oh that's so I true i love it that's a great point uh i always feel like a little bit less alone when i like go to yes. like kim kardashian's post and i see that sarah already has same because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's like a lot like i feel like it's very polarizing for like, sure yes the kardashians the housewives all of those things mm-hmm it's also just all this stuff is just fun. Yeah, you know? it's, like, just, I don't, it's just a fun escape. Yeah, it's like something fun to watch that's not like 
heavy like you know succession euphoria great but like then you feel awful after exactly and like i don't have like a lot of fun drama in my life so that's like an outlet for me Mm -hmm. the drama i don't get to have Mm -hmm. i think both of you are plenty fun oh thanks (laughs) thanks um cool so i wanted to ask sarah specifically about some of her favorite horror movies because i think our um our like what we've experienced is a little bit different right yeah um well, first of all, like uh, when we were kids, my mom pretty much let us watch whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I've never had anything limited. So we were always able to watch like rated R movies and stuff. And so when we were kids, I remember watching a lot of like the cliche stuff. Like like I love Chucky movies. So we watched like, you know, that and like Jason and like yeah. Freddy Krueger and all that. Um, I used to be super scared of scary movies. Though. Same, same. Yeah. And um, what got me over that was like. I don't quite know, but I start, I've dated a guy and we used to watch scary movies together and mm-hmm. that helped. Mm-hmm. But it was really like one year I just was like, it flipped, the switch flipped and I wasn't like traumatized. Right. But um, yeah, I love um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which I've never seen. Which blows really? my mind. Yeah, yeah. we've got to see Such it. Such a classic. Yeah. I know. Wow. Um, growing okay. up in Texas, they told us, we were told this was a true story. Yeah. And not only that. But that the killer was in Huntsville State Prison, which is like an hour from Houston mm-hmm. and also where I went to college. Ooh. And um, I found out in high school that it was not a true story. But before that, like we were raised thinking <laughs> it's a true story. You mean it's not a documentary? Right. <laughs> but isn't it based on something? Yeah. Ed Gein. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Got it. Um, you, you both say like, oh, Ed Gein, of course, we all know who that is. Yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, yeah. All of us. Okay, you can Google it later. I like a, like a lot of the classics and the cliches. Like I love uh, The Omen and Carrie. Mm-hmm. Love the Scream movies, which I just appreciate more and more as I age. Yeah, Scream. Well, first of all, Carrie, the Brian De Palma version, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mine's it's so good. Love it. Um, Scream is, I think, one of the scariest movies. It's Yo, so scary. I saw, I saw Scream again in the theaters maybe two years ago. Ooh. Very scary. So scary. It's super scary. Super hilarious. Yeah. It's, yes. it's still, you still jump at it. Yeah. It's still scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like we do, like, I don't know. I feel like I gravitate when I write more to like comedy and wit. And yeah. so to see a film that's so successful at like yeah. being funny and being terrifying and like seeing those two things live together successfully is. Mm-hmm. A treat. And they don't use any special tricks either. It's just no. people. Yeah. It's just yeah. like good writing and my, acting. My favorite parts of that movie are when the killer gets like hit or something and he's like, oh, like whenever they like, because it's just a, he's just a fucking normal like high school kid, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, he's very clumsy. Spoilers. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You've in case seen you guys Scream. haven't seen Scream. Oh, come on. Um, another one, Tales from the Hood. Um, I think I told you about that another time. Tales yeah. from the Hood was like a, a, a Tales from the Crypt movie, but it was like a black horror movie. Yeah. And uh, that was like a childhood favorite. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny now, but not as scary, but it's still like classic. Was it, it scared you though when you were little? Yeah, because they have this thing about like these, uh, th- there's something with dolls. And dolls are fucking scary. Yeah. It's like a little voodoo and it has to do with like slavery. Yeah. And then there's one on like, uh, one on like b- police brutality. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, v- we should watch it. We need to have okay. a night with that and right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Um, cool. I love that. I think our, I don't know. I like, I, I I wonder why I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think because it looks, I remember when the, when it came out Mm -hmm. and the trailers for it. Yeah. And I was like, fuck no. 
yeah like this is never something it seems just so brutal it is I love the original and the remake, yeah, like the Jessica Biel remake yeah. that came out in high school. I love yeah. that one, too. I think um, Texans are just so Texas. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I was all about like a Texas branded mm-hmm. horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is fun. Yeah. Um, OK. Now, follow up question. Least favorite horror movies. Um, least favorite. Um, OK. The Ring. When I saw The Ring in high school, Sarah. The Ring fucked my life up. It, that's the movie that made me not like. Oh, because it was watch. so scary. It was so scary. I don't know about like horror movies. I don't like. Um, black people in general hate movies about possession. Yeah. Something about like people being possessed and like the or like to, I feel like to all people of color like that's like a very scary thing. And then like why. I don't know, but I know like growing up religious, and I didn't even have like an intense religious. Up- it was like yeah. very easygoing, good religious upbringing. I always was afraid. There's just this piece of me that was like, what if I become possessed? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Because it feels real. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know what it is about possession that like scares the fuck out of black people. <laughs> but we well, do well not. the whole idea of possession originated mm-hmm. in Haitian culture. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like something I really want to do is <gasps> uh, like look into that oh i thought you were gonna say like be possessed no oh i was like we could figure that out yeah well we could do that right now (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't there's not many i don't like but the ring though so let's talk about the ring because i think the ring is like pretty pinnacle for people like it was for me yeah yeah and i'm with you i i had like i won't say night terrors as a kid but i had a very hard time at night every night as a kid i was so yeah afraid me too I like my my parents were like at the end of the rope with me like they did not know what to do because I could not yeah. I was terrified and so and but my parents like my mom had like a affinity for horror films so we would always oh watch them we would always watch x-files it was like a big part of my life and I was just always so afraid every night um and I would like go into my parents room every night mm-hmm. and so when the ring came out it was like a, we were like a little bit older and we weren't like little kids but it was so it became such a cultural movement like everybody watched yep. it everybody at school watched it everyone was like making fun of it or like whatever and it's like one of those movies i remember me and my sister watched probably like a hundred times but it was yeah. so scary every time yeah it um i had to cover up like the t i had a tv in my room <gasps> i had to put a sheet over the tv um like it, it would it messed me up for a while yeah yeah like when i saw like blank tapes yeah it, i don't know what it is about that movie yeah, I love the imagery of you putting um, the sheet over here. Yeah, and one day it fell off. <gasps> oh, that was a that was a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> I and the second movie isn't scary at all. Ring right? Two. Yeah, it's like not. Yeah, and then they made a third one that also wasn't scary. Mm. I remember this trailer for the second one being very visually cool because like there's something with like the the room is upside down or the yeah. water's on the ceiling. And it's almost like an art film more I than like a horror film. I didn't know those were they were sequels. Yeah. Do you remember the the famous line in that movie? No. I'm not your fucking mommy. When she. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that I'm now. Not yes. Your fucking mommy. <laughs> so one thing too, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, because you act in our films, and I think you actually work with some other um, mm-hmm. people in this city who do like horror, like comedy horror, whatever yeah. horror themed stuff. Um, so what's your opinion on like acting in horror films in general, acting in horror films in general? Um, I think, you know, horror films are really changing for a long time. Uh, they got by with like mediocre acting, Uh but it's really changing. And, um, 
I love to see my favorite horror films are one with a good backstory, good yeah. character work and mm-hmm. all that. But as far as me acting in them, I never really saw this for myself. I used to play like killer with my friend growing up because uh-huh. we were fucking weirdos. And I always made her the bad guy. I was uh-huh. always like the one being chased by the killer, blah, 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 because I never saw myself. So it's like a full circle moment now to be doing horror. Especially wait, cause, wait, this yeah. game killer. Yeah. You would what, tell me. I don't know. Okay. I, I would love to know how to play. All yeah. right. Well, I played multiple versions of killer. Me and my friends would play like Tales from the Crypt where one guy was the Crypt killer. He would chase us. But me and my friend would play this game where um, I was like the popular nice friend and she was like crazy and was jealous and she would try to kill me. Uh-huh. And we literally would like play a game where we were like running around i was running from the killer and she was the killer wow so it's kind of like tag but like intense and violent yeah i guess like horror and like scary stuff like that has always been a part of me actually yeah yeah but like it's i don't know it's fun it's like a nice fun dark side i get to explore that uh picture that you took of me with like blood on my face has (laughs) been my phone screen for like three months i love that that somebody was like is this your phone and they touched it in the screen i was like yeah yeah, that's that's mine. <laughs> I, I think I told you too. this. I have a coworker who's creating like an album. He's a musician mm-hmm. and he came up to me and he like asked. He was like, oh, could we like do something like that photo for the album cover? <laughs> it's awesome. People love it. It was really cool. Yeah, it worked out. Um, cool. And then I guess also a follow up question. What about um, what are some of your favorite like acting in horror films recently? Oh, OK. Um, the girl in Midsummer. Yep. She the whole thing about that movie that really sucked me in was her acting um, her physicalities yes. something she did with her breathing yep um, and she have you seen Benevolent on yes. uh, Netflix I, I, I saw her in that too I was like this bitch oh right here God. yeah I, I was like know. she's yeah. someone to watch yeah um, okay also Tony Collette Hereditary she yeah. just yep. blew my whole mind and I think like I seeing, chills yeah seeing, about seeing that yeah. kind of acting in horror just takes it to the next level because yeah. it's like I feel like what people think is missing from horror in general that makes it like a lesser genre right. is that what it's like uh supposed to have like plots and dialogue mm-hmm. and characters that are like not as good so like now people are stepping that shit up and you can't get away with the kind of stuff they yeah. used to so it's just like making it such a excellent craft like yeah well, yeah. Ari, I mean, Ari Aster and Jordan Peele yeah. in general was a, I was gonna bring both of them up yo they're like I was actually I was talking about this today it's like they're some of the best films ever. Like ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. like Midsummer and Hereditary. Yeah, are unreal. And I would say the same thing about This Is Us and or about this us. Is and, us. <laughs> this is us. About it's us. It's also and great. Get out. Yeah. Um, like yeah. just like incredible and like m- like so many more layers than just a horror film. Yeah, exactly. On both sides, yeah. but especially on Jordan Peele's side. Yeah, you and you gotta love a well-written female. You know, like. And um, the thing about Jordan Peele is, like, representation has made horror movies so much better. Yeah. Like, it's just making, it just makes it so much better. And we've talked about this before, where it doesn't make sense to me that black people are not a bigger part of horror, because black people love horror, and they love being scared, Mm -hmm. and they love going to see scary movies, and black uh, African roots and stuff. You know, there's just so much scary, good history. Yeah. And stories and folklore and stuff that it just makes perfect sense for black people to be a part of this and it's just very fucking exciting that yeah. it's like happening yeah yeah oh my god it's and so i want to be a part of it hell yeah <laughs> you are um cool are you thinking of starting a podcast you should because we did and it's a ton of fun 
But the one thing I'll say is that it is surprisingly hard to publish a podcast to all of the endpoints. Thankfully, I found Buzzsprout, which made it super easy to do. And they actually track all the analytics across all the platforms. And they provide a really cool and sleek website for us so we can send the link around and link to, to the podcast really easily. So if this is something you're interested in doing and it's a little overwhelming, I would say get a microphone on Amazon. Get a good set of headphones and use Budsprout. With their help, the Lunatics Radio Hour is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, on and on and on. So all the big guys. If you're interested, you can follow the link in the show notes below. It lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you so we get some affiliate revenue as well. It could help us out. And also, once you become a member of Buzzsprout, you also get a $20 Amazon gift card. And it helps support our show. So if podcasting has been on your list of hopes and dreams, but it seemed daunting, I highly suggest taking a look at Buzzsprout. They make it easy. So click on that link. Thanks, guys. So, I mean, we are going to eventually, I didn't say this at the top, but we are going to get to some stories that Sarah's going to read. Um, but first, I want to double back quickly. Do you have something to say, Alan? No. I want to double back quickly to true crime. Yes. For me, mm-hmm. true crime, like the the part about true crime that like, the thing that really, I think, sucked me in, which maybe sounds very, like, stereotypical, but is serial. Mm-hmm. Because I became obsessed yeah. with figuring out what happened. Yeah. I was like, how do we not know? How is there no solution? How, like, mm-hmm. there's all this evidence that they put together so well. Like, how do we, like, what that's it? Like, we'll never know. Yeah. And it became, like, this weird obsession. And then I, like, really got into reading true crime and reading, like, all of the, you know, uh in cold blood and yeah. all of the the originals but um what have you had any cases like that that have just like stuck with you forever yeah uh well like when i was a, i got into true crime as a kid mm-hmm. like uh my aunt told a lot of ghost stories and stuff my mm-hmm. family's like history buffs and uh i'm like being at the library like looking through books and stuff like as a kid jack the ripper and bonnie the clyde mm-hmm. bonnie the clyde bonnie and clyde and jack the ripper i would say are probably like the first and then, uh, and then John Bonet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it happened, yes. me and uh, you know my my brothers are also little murderinos, and Woo! they don't know it. Like they were as kids too, because we were always talking about this stuff. But like recent crimes, um, and uh, Kendrick Johnson, the kid, uh, the the boy from Georgia, the high schooler who yeah. was the mat, mm-hmm. who they found his body rolled up in the mat. Yeah. And his mom has done like three, and they're like, oh, it's you know, cut and dry soft, like, he fell in, that's it. Yeah. But his mom has been like, no, fuck that. And everybody has been like, you're crazy. And she's had him exhumed, and they've had three autopsies, and they just found, like, that it wasn't, you know, they found, like, a non-accidental injury. But it's right. just been this, it's been, I don't know how many years it's been going on, but I can't let it go. And it's, yeah. like, it's a black boy, too, so yeah. it's, like, very, but the fact that his mom is, like, some is just sitting in right. there fighting, even though everybody is telling her she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but I just can't like let go of that case. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, I was I'm also really interested in like Jonestown, but oh my ones, god, the yeah. ones who got that got me into it probably like John Bonet, yep. Bonnie and Clyde, and Jack the Ripper. Can I tell you a funny story about John Bonet? Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing about it is funny, but <laughs> um, when I was little, when it happened, yeah, on the news, it said something about like male. Um, what did it say? Like male fluid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said like, and I, and I remember in my head, I thought it was like male, like the male, 
<laughs> like an envelope <laughs> yeah and so i remember asking my mom like what's male fluid oh my God. like is it like to seal envelope like i thought it was like an envelope sealant and i was like why would they care about that and then my mom had they to wouldn't. yeah and then my mom had to explain to me like what semen was we were like seven or something yeah yeah she was like uh that's not what that means let's talk <laughs> um but that's my strong memory about that case yeah yeah the parents did it <laughs> yeah. yeah or the brother parent uh no i well yeah the breath i mean it makes sense but the parents but covered the parents. it up yeah something about them parents it's it's got to be in the house yeah Somebody for sure a hundred thousand percent yes <laughs> alan, a million you, percent yeah do you have a favorite true crime um case alan no it's <laughs> great um <laughs> thanks for your contribution so i was gonna read two stories they're not super long um, and they're actually, I'll give you a little bit of backstory because I wrote them. So I was talking a little bit in the previous podcast with Betsy um, about the influences from my first house that I ever lived in on like some of the things I've written because it was like an old farmhouse. It's on the oldest dairy farm in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there until third grade and it's surrounded by cornfields and it's just very old and like haunted for sure. And like even just looking at it, it's very intense visually because of all this corn that's everywhere. And like and so there's a lot of like layers to that um, for me uh, being like terrified in this house all the time, having like these night vision, night, whatever moments. Um, but anyway, so these these two kind of pieces that Sarah's going to read are both like connected a little bit to to that. Um, one is a dream that I had. Uh, like right after I moved out of the house. And then the second one is like, you'll see, it's like very obviously related to that, to that cornfield um, environment. But anyway, just wanted to kind of close the loop on that. Okay. So without further ado, take it away, Sarah. The dream written by Abby Brinker. Read by Sarah Luke. Everything was pink and shadow. She realized she was running. She looked behind her, quickening her pace. She knew the sun would be setting soon. She made her way, occasionally slowing down to climb over a tree branch or boulder that was blocking the trail. There were stone walls everywhere. They zigzagged across the forest floor without any pattern or sense to their placement. Sweat started to drip from her forehead, down her face. She was too focused to wipe it away. She was looking for someone. She could almost feel her. Her eyes scanned the bizarre landscape, searching for some sense of familiarity. A twig snapped somewhere behind her. She swung around, trying to identify her pursuer, sweat dripping into her eyesight. The sunset had turned the sky pink. The air she breathed in was pink. It was vividly unnatural. This thick layer of color blurred the sharpness of her vision. She couldn't see more than a few feet away from her. After that, everything became pink shapes and figures moving in front of a pink background. It was too difficult to figure out what was following her. She had to focus on finding her sister. As she moved closer to the heart of the woods, the distance between the stone walls shrunk. She ran along the path, penetrating the pinkness before her, stumbling over stones. She moved clumsily, growing frustrated at herself for not getting to her sister faster. She could really feel her now. 
Was that her heart beating? As she approached the clearing, she knew she would be there. She pictured her, sitting on a stone in the center of the circular space, neatly tied up, waiting for her. She imagined her saying, What took you so long? The air was still beneath its veil of color, as if it was heavy with this foreign pigment. The sun continued to descend in the sky. She came to the clearing, stopping short at the edge. Something moved behind her. She felt the air move on the back of her neck. What was it? With all of her energy, she mustered the courage to turn around. As she turned her body, her long braided hair swung with her, wrapping slowly around her neck. She could make out movement in the thick, ambiguous atmosphere, but she couldn't focus on it. Everything moved like the heat coming from the desert sand. Her ears perked. She heard something rhythmic in the distance. It seemed to be getting louder, closer. She couldn't tell if it was musical or human voices yelling. She didn't know if she should be afraid or relieved. She couldn't tell where the sound was coming from. It surrounded her. She felt dizzy. Sounds and movements swirled around her, confusing her. She couldn't stand still any longer. Something rose within her and she started to run into the unknown, unconcerned with the being chasing after her, unaware of the source of the sound, only trying to reach her sister. Who had done this? Climbed into a little girl's window and taken her away into the forest? Into this haunted, surreal place? Someone screamed and she stopped dead. Sarah, that was really well read. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was fun. Holy cow. <laughs> I I that's like I haven't gotten to do that in a while. That was fun. Yay. It's fun when you get to do your thing again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The interesting that, Wait, wait. Oh, that was sorry. your That was your story, yeah. Gabby. Yes? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> now, I, I I this I would never have guessed that this was one of your stories. Mm. S- simply because like the the way you read it yeah. just like yeah. It it just it gave such a new spin on your writing style. This yeah, for sure. It's also interesting I realized a few mm-hmm. things cuz I haven't read this one in a bit. Mm-hmm. The second one that you're about to read actually, so they both um involve like someone taking my sister. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until you just finished. Really? That. And the second and the weird thing is like nothing has ever happened to her and I've actually talked about this in therapy before because when I look back at writing that I this is like from a while ago. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of writing. Yeah. About Becky, I'm so sorry, but about like my older sister. Yeah. As if she was younger than me and as if she was kidnapped. Interesting. And she's like blonde, she's very different looking yeah. and it's always like the blonde blue-eyed girl mm-hmm. is taken even though she's older and like kind of like a protector. Mm. It's like comes up a lot. So it's interesting. I didn't realize that that was good. It was like taken out of her window, which is exactly what happens in the next one that you're about to read. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Spoilers. But also one quick thing before you read it. I also remembered there's like a bit at the end of that one about the chanting coming closer. Mm -hmm. And when I lived in this second house where this one takes place, this is something that happened in real life to me. I could hear in the forest, like these crazy, it almost sounded like tribal chanting noises, like, Mm -hmm bonfires and people yelling and like musical like rhythmic stuff and i would hear it all the time and everyone was kind of like oh you're crazy whatever you're just always afraid and then like people built houses around us like in the woods and it kind of like faded over time and so fast forward to like i don't know four years ago or so Mm -hmm. 
but we went back to this town and because they were having like paranormal investigators come in because there's like historic houses there and so they had come and investigated these historic houses and they were like presenting in the town barn their findings and one of them was like oh yeah the in like the field behind this one house like we heard all this chanting and we tried to follow it and wherever we went like it just always sounded like it was the same distance away and i was like holy shit and i went up to the guy and like told him and he kind of was like oh cool and i was like oh what? fuck you man Come but on. but it was like this big moment for because it was yeah. like oh my god like someone validated this thing that happened like 15 years yeah. ago yeah so that was wild creepy so maybe there was some hauntings at play in yeah. my childhood um okay so sarah whenever you're ready if you want to read the second one i'm just very excited to hear you read another one i know i am too <laughs> so good Harvest, written by Abby Brinker, read by Sarah Luke. The harvest was upon them. She knelt on the hard wooden chair that stood in front of her open window and rested her chin on the sill. The paint was peeling. They had written their initials in pencil next to the initials of the kids who previously lived there. Sheer curtains swirled around her as she looked to the cornfields below. Her loose blonde curls hung around her young, plump face. Her crystal blue eyes studied the area around her yard. Her pupils flitted back and forth, searching. She knew they were coming. They always come. Her parents' property was surrounded by acres and acres of cornfields. Their house was not part of the farm, but they were very much embedded in the community. She could see one of the wooden swings her father built rocking in the breeze. There was a grove of trees behind the swings. Her parents had put their old furniture in the grove for her to play with. The nightstand and chairs were waterlogged from months of rain, but she kept secret stones and journals hidden in the drawers anyway. The dark figures were barely visible at first. They were just ripples in the infinite rows of corn. Once they broke from the fields, their shapes began to take form. She could make out their limbs, their hooded heads, but no faces. She sat, patiently watching them as she always did. What was there to fear? No one could stop them from coming. They would get her. She curled her pale, knobby knees beneath her small body. She wished her sister was home. The curtain swirled around her. She shivered. Hands grabbed her and gently lifted her from the chair. Then, nothing. She could sense time was passing, but everything was black and empty. There was no noise, no light, no feeling. She couldn't tell where she was in time or space. And then a small pinhole light punctured through her vision and slowly grew. She could feel the cold metal slab under her, and she started to regain her senses. She was aware of her body again and of the area she occupied in space. She blinked. She was lying on an operating table, like the one she'd seen when they brought the family dog Spot to the vet. She was cold. It felt familiar, but she knew once she was back home, the details would be fuzzy. A figure moved in the corner of her eye. It was long and gray. It was dull and cold when it touched her. There was no moisture in its skin. It felt like silly putty. The creature was gentle with her, as always, but it showed no emotion or love. She wondered if it had emotions at all. It connected a few things to her, nothing painful. 
A few more creatures came in, prodding gentle and communicating with each other, without making noises. She could feel the vibrations passing between them. She patiently waited for her exam to end. And then the first creature paused. There seemed to be something happening, a discovery. She could sense their excitement, and it scared her. This wasn't how it usually went. This time, when she woke back up safely in her bed, she was flooded with panic. She was too young to understand, but she could sense they had found what they were looking for in her, and she was right. The sun never came up that morning. The sky was flooded with densely packed flying objects, blocking out the light, millions of them. The news stations only reported on the event for about an hour before the humans were eviscerated, harvested for some marrow inside of them that would save a race they'd never heard of, and even if they had, they'd never be able to comprehend. That was the last day of life for every last human on Earth. None of them had any idea what was happening or why they were dying, except the little girl from the farm. That was also really well read, Sarah. Thank you. Your, your addiction's like an anchor. Oh, man, that's nice. I love to hear that. Yes. <laughs> the theater rager in me is just beaming. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, man. I enjoyed hearing those stories read by you. Like, it right. made me feel, like, better about the writing. Of them. Oh. Hey. Yeah. Thank that's you. sweet. No, thank you. Well, it was a pleasure to read as well. Ugh. Cool. It was spook- it was spookier. Uh, I read them before I came here, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it just adds a whole nother layer, like reading it and like hearing it out loud. For sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I think so. The next issue of Lunatics Magazine mm-hmm. is gonna be like kind of like otherworldly themed. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like alternate universes yeah. and aliens and things. And so I think I might kind of like make Sarah update read these. <laughs> no, yeah, Sarah read the whole magazine. Um, I might update these or something, but I think I'm going to, they kind of like fit with the theme well. So this yeah. is kind of what I've been working on for that. Nice. Yeah. Will, will this story appear in the magazine? It may. It should. Yeah. I think both of them might. With some yeah. good illustrations. Do you want to illustrate? No. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, cool. Well, I think the last thing maybe we'll briefly touch on. Yeah. How long have we been recording, Alan? 40 minutes. The longest to date. Yes. Um, by a lot. <laughs> by 40 minutes. Um, I think the last thing that we'll briefly touch on, Sarah, if you mm-hmm. have time, is tarot. Yeah. So first of all, I want to plug Sarah because she has, she does like tarot readings. Yeah. Um, she does them for me online. So don't think you need to like have time to meet up with someone in yeah. person. Um, but pending like how many cards and things that you end up pulling, like it starts around $15. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the, the, what you give, what the like PDF that you send back to me is yeah. so, uh, first of all, it's always so right on. And like, we kind of like chit chat a little ahead mm-hmm. of time about what I'm looking for, but it's always so right on. And it makes me feel very validated and seen and like, I don't know. Also just usually has pretty good advice. Yeah. Um, which is why I love tarot in general, yeah. but like, I think your lens on it is especially productive for me. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Oh. I've, it's like a good outlet for me, like as being so like sentimental, emotional empath, it's like a very good outlet for me yeah. to, uh, to share that gift with people and share like those words and that love. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to get into like a, 
a routine a little bit or like have like rituals Mm -hmm. to like to do tarot or to take time to meditate because for me it kind of like is a moment of silence like with like it's like don't have the tv on or a podcast on exactly stressed about work or lunatic stuff like take 10 or 20 minutes to like pull a card and see how you can look at your life through that lens you know and what that means like even if i think people like are very like hung up on the idea of like oh it's some kind of divine power deck and like you don't need to think that it is you can just say like here's a bunch of cards that like will provide a new perspective on your life if you choose to like look at it that way you don't need to like believe that it's connected to some spiritual power exactly you know and like you can google the answer like you also don't need to memorize all the answers yeah um and that's helpful and more like i don't know accessible i think yeah i had that when i first got my deck i had that pressure of learning everything and and i was like doing that and very quickly i was like nah this has to feel like me yeah if it doesn't feel like me then what good is it yeah so now I like I tarot is what I make it because tarot is me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my tarot that I do is me. Yeah. So it's however the fuck I want to do it. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a favorite deck that you use? Yeah. I, well, I have two decks. I have one uh, my friend got me called the the textured tarot. And then I got a new one on like Amazon, mm-hmm. um, which is like all pretty and cool and holographic. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like oh, my cool. I think they have each have a use. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new one I got is good for like it's good for money. Yeah. it's like good money spread money money career but then my other one is like i want to dive deep i want right. to make you cry right. i like go to my like other deck yeah i, I know like one that. time i read you i was like i know i got that new pretty deck but i want to read you from the old one. Oh man i yeah. appreciate that that feels <laughs> yeah. like an honor yeah. um i also i kind of almost prefer oracle decks mm-hmm. have you ever dabbled with them not yet no i've i like wanted to i've like been taking the whole year to get my get to know my deck. nice yeah and i just I like got that. that other one but yeah, yeah. I like Oracle decks only because I think, I don't know the way I were to say this, but it feels a little like non-traditional, I guess. And so like tarot is so like, you know, it's so entrenched and people have Mm -hmm. so many like very like specific opinions on what the cards mean. Like you pull something and everyone's like, (gasps) yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with an Oracle deck, like it's a new kind of like, I don't know, like a new language almost, you know, and it's like using like herbs or moon phases or whatever it is to kind of like shed light on something. So I like that. But I like that you have like your connection to your original deck. Yeah. That feels very special. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, shout out quickly to um, the Tarot Deck by Personal Space Press, who's our like magazine collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily is like an incredibly talented artist and she has this deck where she's hand drawn all of the cards and turned nice. like, and they're so like modern and delicate yeah. and gorgeous. Um, and so her interpretations are really, really beautiful. So if you're ever in the market for a new deck, anybody check out that one. Even if you're not, she's really awesome yeah she was the one that swayed me in tarot in the first place yeah actually alan had a um had a big tarot moment with her at the lunatic screening it's true i'm trying to get my man to let me do his deck one day yeah i want to read i'm a little scared to read right now but we'll get there <gasps> yeah <laughs> yeah it is a little scary too because yeah. it's also like what's it gonna say yeah oh no yeah yeah i'm excited though yeah i love that <laughs> yeah cool well, Sarah, I am so always forever grateful that you're in my life and that you're so willing to be in all these projects. <laughs> Same. Uh, this was super fun, really, having yeah. you here, talking horror, talking scary stories and tarot and true <laughs> crime and all of my favorite things. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, you plug the tarot. Uh, you can, yeah, my Instagram handle is what, Sarah Luke 25 or you can email SarahLukeTarot at gmail.com. I don't have an H in my name. S-A-R-A-L-U-K-E-T-A-R-O-T at gmail.com. Or so. click this link. <laughs> um, can, we, can we put a link? 
I think we can link to Instagram. I think you can. Yeah. On a, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, click, click this link. Yeah. So, <laughs> so definitely reach out to Sarah if you want your cards read. Mm-hmm. Um, the link will be below and then Sarah will yeah. give you her info. Also, if you don't have $15, hit me up. Still hit me up and t- tell me that, talk to me because that, yeah, I'll still do it. And there are time, there are lots of people out there who don't have $15 to spend because yeah. I didn't have $15 to spend about four months ago. There you go. Yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. Well, let's plug our stuff too. So follow us. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. If you have a story that you want to read or you want to read other people's stories, uh, send us an email to filmsaboutlunatics at gmail.com and we would love to have you on the podcast. Um, and what else? Follow us on Instagram, Films About Lunatics Everywhere. We love the love. We really appreciate the support. Um, if you're interested in seeing Sarah and her beautiful modeling, um, <laughs> check out Lunatics Magazine. We have two issues out currently. We're doing them quarterly, so we have one coming this winter. Um, you can find that on Etsy, Films About Lunatics. And yeah, I think that's it. Alan, any parting words? No. <laughs> If you guys could see how slowly he approaches the mic, too, it's like infuriating. It takes him like 20 seconds. Um, cool. So, love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.